1: Gentlemen, welcome back to another edition of the Fried Egg Podcast. Uh today we are live from the Players Championship and we are joined by Steve Wensloff, who's the vice president of uh the PGA Tours Design Services and Player Liaison. Uh Steve, welcome
0: aboard. Thank you. It's good to be here. Good to be here with you.
1: Yeah, so uh big week for you, obviously with uh the changes at one of uh you know America's most iconic and memorable golf courses. Um, you know, the big changes are the 12th hole, um, and then there's some other small, subtle changes and, you know, completely new greens, uh, green surfaces. But first, I, I think a, a lot of people would love to hear a little bit about your background.
0: Sure. Uh, Landscape Architecture, University of Georgia. Uh, been here with the, with the PGA Tour now for 20 years. Uh, originally started with the TPCs, uh, development of the TPCs, and uh, still still work very actively with the TPCs. Uh, but have evolved more into uh, PGA Tour side and sanctioned events, and working on golf course modifications, uh, significant golf course modifications, basically at any PGA Tour sanctioned venue, mm-hmm. and then new venue assessment as well.
1: So, how did you get into the architecture world? Uh, like, you know, was there a moment that said, yeah, "I want to, I want to design golf courses?" And
0: yeah, the moment was early on, uh, actually, before I before I went to college. I was uh, doing landscape work. I was always working outside, working down in South Florida, in uh, tree farms and bedding plants, horticulture, landscape design, build, and always felt though I wanted to get into bigger projects. We were doing more small, small projects. I always wanted to get into larger scale sites. At that same time as when I got introduced to the game of golf, sort of sort of late, um, but I got introduced to it at that point in time, and started studying it more and, and realizing that it really tied into sort of the the path that I was heading on um, once I did switch from aviation um, into uh, ultimately into landscape architecture and work when I went to the University of Georgia I went specifically to them and said this is what I want to try to emphasize on is golf course design they help you cater cater classes towards towards that program mm-hmm. and uh, then got out did you know, the the golf design industry at that point when I graduated in 92 uh, was sort of going through a, a smaller downturn than, than just that we just went through um and had a lot of recommendations just to go into golf course construction and guys i got that advice from it was very very influential advice and 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 today i I respect that and uh, the the statement i remember the most was to be a good architect you got to learn how to construct it Mm -hmm. um and 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 today i still still feel feel very strongly about that and uh, so i got into golf course construction and ultimately with the mindset of getting into golf course design and had the opportunity to work with some of the top architects in the world Uh, at the same time working with the tour once that uh, evolved being able to work with uh, our player consultants we always had a player as a consultant involved with the uh, with the project so Mm -hmm. worked as a liaison basically between the developer the architect and the player consultant Mm -hmm. so really had the opportunity to to grasp a lot of different varieties from different architects and and feedback from, from a lot of great players into uh, the role that it's evolved into today.
1: So uh, curious, since you've worked with all these players, like who would you say is kind of like the the sharpest architectural player mind that maybe doesn't do, you know, isn't known for doing any architectural work like that you've come across where you've like been like, wow, you know, these these thoughts are really interesting.
0: They all had interesting aspects and they, and they all and got engaged in the in the project, the opportunity to work with Lanny Watkins and in, in Myrtle Beach, and Lanny was working with the Fazio Group at that time, and it was really a, a dynamic um, relationship there. To take Lanny's uh, strategic, you know, mindset and the uh, take that with the strategic and yet artful side of the, of the Fazio design concept, and blend that together, and that's really what what's enamored me the most about how this. How our processes have evolved into the TPCs is really taking that, that blend and, and putting it together. Melody mm-hmm. was just one of one of many of some of the uh, some some great players that I've had the opportunity to to work with. And then as the role evolved, and more so into the player liaison, it gives me the opportunity to really meet with all our players and and go over and dis- have discussions with them about the pending golf course modifications or. Uh, you know, post, post-tournament uh, comments on changes that have been made to, to utilize that feedback into uh, into the next project, however it comes about. Mm-hmm. I think that,
1: you know, there's some younger guys that are getting into the architecture earlier. You know, you've got Zach Blair who's really into it. And then, you know, George Spieth's got the, the, nine, uh, the Par mm-hmm. 3 course at UT that's yep. going in. So it's it's refreshing to see some you know some younger guys getting into the architecture. It really is.
0: Yeah, I just found out about I just read about Zach Blair. I haven't I haven't spoken to Zach yet, but I just read about his his interest in a little course that I think he's thinking about working on back home uh, Utah, I think it was, uh, which I found very very enamoring. First time I've I've heard about that. Yeah, um, you
1: guys you got to talk to him. He's oh, yeah. He's very passionate. He's got a lot of you know good good ideas. And, Absolutely. You know, it's uh. He's a he's a he's a friend of the pod.
0: Absolutely, that's neat. And <laughs> yeah, you know, Jeff Ogilvie is also, I think, a, a brilliant mind from a yeah. from a golf architect standpoint. Uh, he's he's having the opportunity now to, to begin expressing himself uh, in the design world with his team. I think he's assembled a great team of of guys surrounding him as well. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, looking forward to seeing more of their work at some point. Yeah,
1: yeah. Mike Clayton
0: we had on. He's a sharp dude. He's
1: one of my, one of my favorite uh, favorite guys to talk uh, oh, golf yeah, with. Yeah, yeah.
0: How, can you, how can you not like Mike? You, you know, the, the
1: perfect segue uh, with Mike Clayton is, you know, talking about technology and, you know, maybe that could be some of the impetus to the changes at, at Sawgrass beyond, you know, the major one being 12, but some distance lengthening. Um, you know, when I first walked around, I, I was thinking – Hey, this golf course, like you know, it's it's lengthening and it's making it more bombers. But the more I thought about it, it's like when it originally was designed, it didn't take driver out of anybody's hands. So is that you know some of the lengthening efforts kind of where you know putting driver back in play for the longer hitters?
0: Yeah, I mean it's it, it's it's an element that we that we look at, but not the emphasis. Mm-hmm. I mean, the emphasis about the emphasis of this golf course and this tournament, uh, and really the elements of, of Pete Dye into the strategy mm-hmm. of this golf course really is and i think you hear it from the players is it it forces a player really to to be on be on with basically all elements of, of the game uh, mm-hmm. from from driving to to their approach shot proximity to you know their scrambling ability around the greens and putting obviously to get in the hole it's it, and it's yeah you know, yes has has driver probably has driver been you know taken away now as the technology has has changed in certain golf holes sure it has but we look at that and still say, though, how has the golf hole changed? Has it changed significantly negatively due to that? And if it has, then we'll we'll look at that further if it hasn't, then we we still let it, let the golf hole play out the the way it's been designed mm-hmm. and the way it's playing today versus you know maybe the way it's playing thirty years ago yeah,
1: yeah, it's I mean it's a it's interesting and in, and in a lot of the die I think die gets such a bad rap, but it, there's so much strategy in die courses, you know a lot of people like to just say like, Oh, he's a penal architect, but I think that differ in in how much in you're in this role is that, you know, how much different you know, T P C sawgrass was built for professionals. So obviously, you know, tighter fairways there could be strategy in tighter fairways as opposed to if it was a regular pub like, you know, a public facility that was built for public play. Mm-hmm. This was built for, so, you know, the, the shorter, the narrower fairways can lead to strategy, you know, um, in terms of, you know, like, wh- how, when you work with professionals, how much different is it, you know, designing a golf course and making changes for pros rather than, you know, thinking them first rather than public?
0: It's, I mean, it's, it's different. I mean, a lot of architects don't, they have a back tee per se, but back tee at their respective club gets little use. You know, uh, when in, in 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 this world that that I live in, you know, it's all emphasis on on the back tee. I can tell you how many times I make site visits and we start walking around with the group and we start looking at tees, and all of a sudden there's vistas or whatever that you can't necessarily see because that tee hasn't really been been used a lot. Um, so it starts there, and uh, but. Yeah, I mean, and you look at Pete Dye and what Pete Dye's about, he's about angles. And the angles then are emphasized by a narrowing of the fairways, not necessarily from a horizontal standpoint. Yeah, to some degree it is horizontal because there's a smaller percentage of whatever's there is really the effective zone to take advantage on your, on your second shot. You know, that if you stray off to a certain other side, it's going to give you an undesired line. Into the into the green, um, and that's that's really some of the some of the basic strategy to him. So it's this was a tree line, you know, this was a forested site per se. So he's used the trees, you know, in a similar manner as he used them at Harbor Town, not as narrow in scale as Harbortown is. but there's some there's some you know similarities between between here and and Harbortown and the use of the trees. Um, mm-hmm and you, know, you see some of the setup this year we tried to emphasize a little bit more of the use of the trees by having less primary rough and having some mm-hmm. cases no primary rough between between fairway and, and groups of trees for instance left side of one and right side of eleven right side of six you'll see there's no primary rough now between mm-hmm. fairway and pine straw or in groups of trees to help try to utilize that in the ground contours Know, to uh, emphasize some of that strategy.
1: Yeah, 11 you know, is like 46 yards wide. Mm-hmm. That, I mean, it, it, it's it got some really good width. I mean, I I, I grew up playing a, P, a really P, uh, strategic Pete Dye course in South Florida, and something I have learned over, like, you know, hundreds of rounds playing there was that, you know, if you take that aggressive line and take on the risk, you're rewarded and you have a much – but – every notch you go away from the that that line he wants you to take on, every notch you go away, that second shot becomes so much tougher. But I think one of the unique things is that with designing for professional players, the ego and the mentality of, like, if I have a clear shot in the fairway, like, the shot, it, it's right there, I and I think, I think I can hit it, but your margin for error just is so small, and... I think that's one of the beauties of Sawgrass is that it's it's a constant you know kind of battle and, and getting you know a professional to to aim you know twenty yards left of the flag when, when he's right in the middle of the fairway is a tough thing yeah oh, it
0: is and that's and that's what they learn about the nuances of this place i mean I listened to some of the the questions q and a with some of our players about. You know, some of the, the, the younger players coming out here and playing this for, for either the first time or second or third time and how much of a chance do they have out here? Well, there's a lot of nuances to it. They come in with game, obviously, um, but there's a lot of nuances to this golf course to be learned. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, when, Whether they learn it the first go around or whether it takes them a few more go arounds to understand the nuances, they're definitely out there. Mm-hmm. You know, we tried to do some. You know, that's some of what we ultimately tried to do in the into the redesign of the twelfth hole as well. There's a lot of what you just talked about.
1: Mm-hmm. So let's let's talk about twelve. It's the it's like the star of the show. <laughs> so um, you took a you know hole. They felt a lot of people felt was just kind of a you know a, it was a lapse in the in the tournament, and you you know everybody loves these short drivable par fours and you've turned it in it's got a lot of different yardages it can play and you know the we'll put a we'll put some photos of the 12th in, into the podcast uh, bio but you know the uh, narrow layup area if you're going to lay up and then a, a green that's got a lot of contour a lot of different pins and you know there's water down the left side of a, a bunk a waste like bunker down the left and then uh there's nothing good right if you bail. So uh, tell uh, tell us a little bit about, you know, what you how you kind of went about, you know, building the hole.
0: Sure. Um well, it started several years ago as we always do and we, we just we always evaluate as many aspects of, of the tournament as we can and in this case here looking at the competitive aspect and looking at the 12th hole, uh it's just from from what it was, you know, 35 years ago to what it is today, there isn't really a lot of thought and or intimidation per se on the tee shot as there was originally. Uh, At the same time, we were looking for opportunities to increase the scoring mobility, um, some fan excitement earlier into the back nine sequence. Yeah, we already have it. You know, 16, 17, 18. It's mm-hmm. there. Um, so we looked at for ways was there an opportunity earlier on the back nine and we gravitated to the 12th hole. Um, so what you see today out there is a product of there's a lot more fan enhancement opportunities out there. There's a there's a 180-degree amphitheater now around mm-hmm. the the 12th green. You yeah, there's a spectator mound now right of 12th green. Yeah, you have viewing now for the 13th hole as well. Um, the tee box selection, where we route, put sight of the tee, took advantage of an existing spectator mound along the 14th hole on the right side of 14 that really wasn't taken advantage of before. So now we've got plenty of viewing room behind behind the 12th tee. But strategically, uh, as you said, it is. Um, uh, a fairly narrow fairway. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the, the chal- it's about a 28 yard wide fairway. It slopes left to right. Uh, fairway bunker left, trees to the right, um, and that that slope then is is uh, is magnified by a landform, um, tribute to the the old landform that was here. It used to be a large landform on the left side of the golf hole uh, that was between the tee and the green. That landform went down. And that's now where the fairway bunker is. But well, we took that element and repositioned it on the right side through the fairway. So, as a as a person choosing to not go for the green and two, um, excuse me, green on their drive is uh, laying up. Um, they're hitting roughly a 200, 220-yard tee shot. Um, what we tried to do was narrow the fairway effectively by having really the emphasis of the, the of that layup be on the left half of the fairway. Mm-hmm as the, the landform that I'm referring to, is every yard you go right of center, the right a yard of the right part of the green basically becomes hidden. Yep. And so the further right your tee shot drifts on that layup, you could be totally obscured into the green and see no surface. You'll see flag or flag stick, but may not see any surface with water left and a green sloping right to left.
1: Yeah, that's how I was walking it, and if you, if you ba- bail right and the pin's back right, I mean, you've got, no angle. You've got the tree that kind of on the right edge of the green, and then you, and then you you can't see anything. Right. So it it really you know it asks for the the valiant heroic play. So so let's let's hear where where are you bailing? If you if you're if you're a pro and and you you you're
0: you need to bail like what what's your play? Well, that's what they're that's what they're still figuring out out uh-huh. there right now. Um, yeah, you know, yeah. You know, they're looking at the right side of the green. There's there's 12 yards right of the green of, of closely mown area. Mm-hmm. It's got some contour to it. Uh, there's a pot bunker right of the green. Uh, two more further right of the green. Um, but you know the the guys are trying to figure out that that nuance. You know the the challenge that we try to place in, in, in is designing a green complex that's that can defend as much as possible a wedge from 80 to 100 yards for so the guy mm-hmm. not going for it uh, but at the same time try to make it receptive enough for player choosing to go for it with whether it's driver or three wood or whatever club that that may be uh, that's that's really one of the biggest challenges and finding a balance between that those elements is you know, see, see where we see where we landed in that in that balance but uh yeah, you know, the the guys the guys don't want to be far right because mm-hmm. far right they're they're up on landforms up above the green in rough grass pitching to a green running away from them. Mm-hmm. So they know you know where is the miss? Well, there there is miss area to the right. But they got to be they got to know that uh, there's certain pins that they can probably get to, and certain pins are going to be challenging to get to from that right hand side. Or do I stay short and just end up out try to stay up out in the approach and then try to. Pitcher chip into various hole locations, or would I go further back? Mm-hmm. So many options for them to yeah. t- to take on. Uh huh.
1: So the the left side falls off, and you know if you if you're a little too far left, it's you're you're going to probably get wet, which I think it, you know it's a short hole. You got to it's got to have some spice <laughs> to it. You know, there's got to be, and uh, I'm curious, you know, if um, you know, like how much area in that fairway would you say you have? to, like, what, you know, if it's firm and fast, like, what half of that fairway, if you hit, is there a a, a distinct fall-off
0: point? Yeah, I mean, it, 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 you know, the approach slopes right to left. Uh There's a lot of right to left going on out there. There's a little portion in the green that does slope to the right Uh um, to help to set up the the back right hole location, um, and even defend the the front right hole location. Um, But the, the right half of the approach, whatever that width is, the right half of that approach is... Usable for a player hitting a draw in there it depends on the really depends on the trajectory of that draw and you know and how much spin there is to mm-hmm. it but you got to favor the right half of the approach the more that ball drifts to the left, the more that shot should have more of a cut to it mm-hmm. uh, to try to hold the slope because it does start moving moving to the left but Part of the feedback that we got, going back to the water hazard for a minute, we, you know, Pete Dye has been consulted throughout this entire process. I've spent mm-hmm. a lot of time with him here on property a few years ago when we were going through the initial con- conceptual phases. And then a lot just through a lot of uh, personal consultation with them, um, and, uh, and keeping them updated on where we are throughout this construction process. The first element really was the addition of the water hazard. And, and then was was how does the water relate to the green? You know, does, is it right on the green or, or is it offset from the green? Which right now we're seven to eight yards offset mm. left of the green. But uh, then when we started engaging our our players, our player directors that are on our board um, and our some past champions, you know, we got some feedback about um, drop. You know, if a player enters the water hazard, well, where do they get where are they where are they going to be able to drop from? And so we oriented the water hazard as it as it moves towards the tee away from the green the uh, water hazard actually moves away from the line of play further to the left thus facilitating the opportunity for a player to drop in a closer proximity to the green assuming Mm -hmm. he just slightly drifted Mm -hmm. offline and entered entered the hazard closely so then he drops in three and he can still make four drops in two and has an opportunity to to still still get up and down for for par Mm -hmm. and that was part of that thought process that we went into with this is, uh, you know, yeah, there's a penalty shot, but yet there's still an opportunity to, to walk away with the four.
1: It's interesting. The hero play is the, is the cut. It's, it's the is. ultimate mm-hmm. hero play because of the drop, you know, the you've draw. you got to take
0: it over the hazard a little bit. Yeah. You know, the, start it
1: towards the hazard. The draw is safer, but it, it's, that I mean, that's a harder shot to hit because of the slope. Yep. and You know, you lose a lot. But, like, the real hero play is, is that
0: high cut over the water. It, sure. it, it's bold. it favors the bold. And our, and our winds are typically out of the east, which is right to left on this golf hole here. Uh-huh. So if they, if they are hitting a cut, you know, they're holding it up a little bit into the wind, and hopefully it's landing softer. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, I, I, I'd love to talk a little bit about how
1: you guys have all this plethora of data and the shot link data. Like, how much is that used when you guys are looking at, at making alterations to, you know, here in any, any TPC core? Sure.
0: Well, it's a tremendous, absolutely tremendous asset and tremendous resource. Um, made a presentation uh, several years ago back to the uh, ASGCA about the use of ShotLink, and that was still even in its early infancy stages. But it's a tremendous resource um, that gives us a, a you know a snapshot, uh, stroke trails, uh, where the ball lands, and and stroke trails of. How they get from point A to point B, prodding their way around a golf course, scoring averages, proximity to the hole, averages, scrambling abilities—it's a—it's a, it's a great—it's a great resource. and blessed to be able to have have that data, and and, and I share that data with uh, other architects uh, when we get involved in other modifications, uh, anywhere you know that we're hosting PGA Tour events. Uh, share that data with them and it's uh you know been a great resource for them as well and a great uh, learning tool for them and yeah it comes definitely come into play here we studied um, you know all the other um, reachable par fours uh, on tour and you know looked at their, dats, their data and stats and you know and looked at the elements of them and tried to figure out which ones those we want to incorporate here in the 12th hole
1: mm-hmm. it's, it's cool I, I i think that's you know uh, the analytics of it going into architecture is going to be a kind of a big wave. It'll be interesting with all these shot tracking apps that are coming up, how that data can eventually be used for even common play architecture.
0: Yeah, I mean, you're you're, you're definitely seeing, seeing the tour player use the data and there's mm-hmm. so much analytics and mathematics now going into their thought process and players, you know, I think we're going to use you know, go back to stats on the 12th hole. Well, okay, well, you know, I know what my stats are normally with this club selection from this distance and so, like, more comfortable with that, or you know, is it worthwhile to take on take on take on the risk with it? But uh, it really gives us um, you know, tremendous uh, resource that not a lot of people have have access to. So, um, I you know I, I want
1: you're you're a busy guy this week, so I, I've got a couple kind of quicker questions that I'm curious about. So, um, if if the tour was gonna bring one kind of under the radar that not a lot of cor- people might know about course into the TPC stable, and they said, you, you're picking it, what course would it be?
0: <laughs> Put me on a spot like that? Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know if I can answer that one off the top of my head. You got me on, on, on that question. I mean, there's, there's obviously some 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 great golf courses out there um, from, from an architectural mm-hmm. standpoint that you know, all of us in the golf architecture world you know, study. Um, you know, some of the preferences that that, that I have, or some more of the uh, you know, some of the influences that, that I've had, just personally, are from the Sandbelt. Um, uh-huh. yeah, a lot of time that I did spend with with Mike Clayton that he, he took with me when, when I first went out there and, and studied the Sandbelt golf courses. Uh, that's that's inspired me. So you know, I love those. I love, love Kingston Heath, Royal Melbourne, uh-huh. and uh, you know, sure. You know, Kingston Heath would probably be one of them.
1: Yeah, the, the World Cup out there this year. I mean, that place just the bunkering is
0: is phenomenal, and, and I like it. I like both Kingston Heath and Royal Melbourne. It, it, they're they're two totally contrasting golf courses with the scale of the of the of this properties and the scale of the golf holes within the properties. Kingston Heath's more small and compact, but yet still defends itself very well with the tour players of today. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's single digits, I think, com- composite winning scores there.
1: Yeah, it's it's uh it's, it shows that distances and you know everything. It's, yep. uh, but a great golf courses. You
0: know, we've hosted Presidents Cup at Royal Melbourne, World Cup now. Got at Kingston an- another Heath. one going to the Presidents
1: yep. Cup. That's, I mean, the the international Presidents Cup roster is like really stout. Yep. Um, the uh, so uh, you've been doing a lot of work in uh, South Korea getting ready for, is it the CIMB? Actually, no, that, it's, it's, a, a, the, it's a new the PGA new Tour one. event yeah, that one. will
0: follow be uh, the, the week after CIMB, which is in Malaysia. Uh-huh. Uh, this is uh, in, in South Korea on the island of Jeju on the southern end of the uh, peninsula. Um, it's uh, The tournament will be called the CJ Cup at Nine Bridges. It uh-huh. will uh, be contested uh, at the uh, Nine Bridges golf venue in Jeju Island. Uh-huh. So tell us a little bit about what we can expect from that course. Um, currently there, I've been, been there since, uh, September working with, uh, their architect, uh, Dave Dale from Golf Plan, um, on, uh, getting it ready. It's a, it's a beautiful place. Um, Mount Holla is, a, is a volcano in the, in the center of, uh, center of this island. And this golf course is sited up the side slopes of the, of the volcano in some very sort of mellow sloping land, uh. Dave categorizes uh, the design of the golf course uh, sort of a little bit of uh, Scottish Highlands um, and it's got that type of uh, type of feel to it uh, it's up uh, 1,900 feet uh, in elevation so there's some elevation to it uh, the climate really unique, unique microclimates we've uh, mm-hmm. been working there throughout the winter and it's been some pretty harsh environments up there and head down to the airport down down at sea level and climate t- changes 100%. Uh-huh. Um, so that's neat. It's, it's a it's a beautiful golf course, beautiful setting, um, a lot of pot bunkers um, that we're uh, right, actually right now sort of reinforcing uh, some of the revet- revetted walls uh, actually with a, a bunker synthetic uh, turf product uh, which is really neat to emphasize that element that Dave chose to use uh, in the design out there and, and, and really make them Pop so bunkering wise uh, be pretty dramatic and uh, it's it's neat. I think the players, uh, players will like it. It's a it's a neat place to go and primetime golf. So you'll Absolutely. get good. that's I, I <laughs> love I love events that
1: you get the primetime coverage. It's it's so much so fun. Um, so it'll
0: be good time. It'll, it'll showcase the
1: course and your work
0: there. We'll be good. You know, it's uh, we're, we're really thankful for CJ and uh, mm-hmm. and, and, and their sponsorship. We got a 10 year agreement yeah. to, to play this event over there.
1: Uh huh. Um, so then, uh, you know Jacksonville. If you know you we're taking Sawgrass out for listeners, you know where should they play in Jacksonville? If they, if, you know, if they're complementing Sawgrass trip, where where are the gems outside here where you would be playing?
0: Honest with you, yeah, I haven't played a lot because of my traveling schedule yeah. around here. But I like, um, yeah, there's some there's some neat variety of golf courses out here. Um, you've got the uh, the World Golf Village golf courses, both the Slammer and the Squire and the King and Bear, two two totally unique golf courses. Obviously, the King and Bear is your one opportunity to play a collaboration between Nicholas and, and Palmer, especially mm-hmm. now and with uh, Palmer's passing. Uh, it's a that's a neat legacy. Yeah, and then you've got some old. You know, pretty neat uh, tracks. Uh, Brentwood used to host the Jacksonville, Jacksonville Open you know, decades ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, just some really neat little, uh, little municipal tracks around that, that are still out there as well.
1: Yeah, I think I'm going to try and sneak down to Hyde Park.
0: That was the last one I was getting ready to say, <laughs> be Hyde Park.
1: Yeah, I, uh, which I
0: haven't played yet. I've been here for 20 years and just haven't made my way over there. Yeah, come down. I will. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, Stanley Thompson. Absolutely, that's what I mean. It's just, there's some good stuff here, that, uh, some hidden jewels, especially now, even as you get a little bit further south down the coast, there's some, uh-huh. some neat hidden jewels like that.
1: Uh-huh. Um, so uh, one of the things that we always do for uh, our closing bit is overrated, underrated. So, I'm going to give you a couple things. Do you you say overrated or underrated? Okay. All right. So, we're going to say um, the impact of grain on putts from the PGA Tour player perspective.
0: Oh, it's underrated. Underrated.
1: All right. Um, We will go with um, pot bunkers.
0: From a PGA Tour player's perspective, well, they're very effective. So mm. I would say underrated.
1: Underrated. All right. Um, we will go with uh, let's see. Um, we'll say um, the British Isles courses. You know, uh, 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 the Brit- uh, We'll say the Open Championship rota courses. Like if you were doing a trip there, not PGA Tour. You know, overrated, underrated.
0: All good. I mean, that's just all good stuff as well over there. Yeah, every one of them. I mean, and they all got such unique characteristics uh, amongst them all. Mm-hmm. So I don't know how you can say it's over, right? Yeah. yeah, it's it's uh, <laughs> it's uh it's, uh, you it's, got, on, you it's got. on everybody's bucket list. It should be if it's not. Uh huh. And then uh, then we'll uh, we'll say
1: with uh, last question, one TPC course that people should go see outside of Sawgrass.
0: One TPC course. Play. Well, you know, you've got, I'd say you've got a toss-up between Scottsdale and, and San Antonio in two unique environments, and uh, San Antonio gives you 36 golf holes out there and two unique different uh, um, types of golf courses that you can play in, a, in, in, the, uh, in the same location. You've got a Norman design, host of Valero Texas Open, and you got a Pete Dye of course there as well. It um, has hosted uh, Champions Tour events, and uh, just totally unique properties uh, with the uh, with the San Antonio uh, you know, vegetation to mm-hmm. it. Uh, you get Norman's courses sort of down along floodplains and creeks, and but yet has almost 100 feet elevation change. As you go f- down the routing and back up the routing, Peach golf course is sort of set on these on these ridge tops and, and routes out and it's got non-returning nines. Uh, just has these beautiful vistas of preservation land surrounding his golf holes. So, yeah, unique, ex- unique experience there. So I'd go San Antonio,
1: hill country, hill country, it's absolutely. A, that's a, I used to live in Austin. I you know it, it's unbelievable. You think of Texas, it's unbelievably hilly there it you know. is
0: uh, i worked in i worked in dallas i was with the Wybring for for a little while and uh it's out there and uh, first time i had an opportunity to get down to, to austin in the hill country it's like wow this is pretty neat it's mm-hmm. it's good there's good stuff there's a lot of good golf there as well
1: yeah yeah i uh well we're looking forward to to seeing the changes in action and you know thanks for coming on and and uh we'll uh Sure. Everybody'll have their, their opinions, you know. That they will. That's, a, the, the <laughs> That's good, a guarantee. You know, the the good you know, Mackenzie used to say if if somebody didn't hate it, you know, it was like he wondered what he did wrong. That's true. I think if you read that oral like you read back on what happened in eighty two, like I mean these guys so similar
0: thing similar thinking.
1: You know, I've been hearing a lot of buzz about you know, people are bad about the left side, but it's like what do you want to just get a free birdie? Like, you know? So All right, well, thanks so much for coming on. I enjoyed it. Thanks for having me. All right.